What is up, divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on my main platform, being Twitter at Deep Dive FF or on Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football. Also, if you are looking for more Dynasty content from me, join me and the Rewind team at Dynasty Rewind on YouTube and wherever you enjoy your podcasts where we dive deep into all things Dynasty Fantasy Football. With that being said, let's get to the content. What's up, divers? Welcome into another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. I hope you guys enjoyed the last episode. It took me a long time. I do have to say, though, Consistency Kings, I do plan on doing the episode, but the My Guys episode, how much I put into it, how long it took me, kind of extended my uh, research a little bit longer than I was expecting, and because of that, the Consistency Kings episode may come out after your draft, if you're drafting this weekend, because obviously this will be coming out Saturday morning, so if it's coming out Saturday morning, then you you might catch this sleeper episode before your draft, so hopefully you do. But if not, at least it gives you guys to keep gives you guys to keep an eye on and to possibly try to trade for before they pop off. So let's talk about my sleepers for the year. We went over my my guys. Those are the names that you can just put an asterisk. Hey, this was a deep dive guy. We'll see how he does at the end of the year. Check back and uh, either say good job to me or rip me a new one. Whatever you want, you know, it's cool. I I, I put it out here for a reason, right? I put my work in, and sometimes I'm right, sometimes I'm wrong. I got no problem with the. Uh, confrontation or realization of that so anyways let's get into sleepers my first sleeper we're gonna go from people that are round 10 or later so just like my my guys were better than round 10 and all the mock drafts were above round 10 to kind of give you guys a good base of like what the bulk and the meat of my teams look like now we can get into the toppings so in round 10 a sleeper that i really like is sky Moore. he's going at 10-1 right now so just on the cusp He's going to have an expanded role in the offense. He's got higher expectations now. Seems like they're going to be relying on him as maybe their number one wide receiver because Kadarius can't stay on the field ever. And he's got potential to be a solid wide receiver too, back end, or a flex play. I mean, there were times, especially if Juju just caught a couple touchdowns, man. If Juju caught a couple touchdowns last year, he would have been a solid wide receiver two play from, you know, certain weeks. And if Sky Moore can have some better luck in the touchdown area, and he's a little bit twitchier and probably will produce a little bit more after the catch than Juju, then Sky Moore could be a pretty good sleeper here. So I like Sky Moore in the 10th round because of it. He's in the good offense. You know, he's the guy I'm taking the shot at in the receiving room, outside of obviously Travis Kelsey. A second sleeper that I have is Nico Collins. Nico Collins is going at 10.05. He could be the standout in the wide receiver room if there is one. He didn't play too much in his rookie season, but he did show flashes, showed to be good. And if you're trying to take a shot in redraft in this wide receiver room, the Texans, right? And there's another kind of crowded wide receiver room where nobody goes high, everybody goes late. You could take some shots there. We'll talk about them in a little bit too. But in the Houston Texans room, you've got Nico Collins, John Mechie, Tank Dell, Robert Woods. Some people like... uh, I don't want to botch his name. It's Xavier Hutchinson, I'm pretty sure. The little slot white receiver. Like, you know, people like to say, oh, it's the new Adam Humphreys and whatever. Um, or Hunter Renfro. 
he, you know, he's another guy that you could take a shot at. But for me, the guy I'm going to shoot for is Nico Collins. And if it's not Nico Collins, then I'll probably tank, take Tank Dell at the end of the draft, even later, like the last pick, because he's pretty much going undrafted. But Nico Collins at 10.05, he's the big guy. He is the one who gives them something different. And this is kind of a theme with some of my sleepers that you will see, is that when we're looking at um, guys to predict in crowded wide receiver rooms, who's going to stand out, I, I like to pivot to the guy who's different from the rest. Not just in terms of, oh, trying to predict who's the best at you know, this guy's number one, this is two, three, but who's the guy that offers something different? Who's the one who's more likely to be on the field the most because he brings something the other guys cannot bring to the table? And for me in this room, that's Nico Collins. Tank Dell, route runner, fast, shifty. John Mechie, route runner, fast, shifty. Robert Woods, not fast, not that shifty, but a route runner, not really a 50-50 guy. Neither is the, the slot guy that they drafted, but Nico Collins is the one that you can just throw the ball up to. He's the 50-50 guy. He's the big guy. He's the one who brings a different element to the offense. So he's the guy I'm going to take the shot at. Jalen Warren, also in the 10th round, 10-12. A lot of people, um, and even at Dynasty Rewind, I feel like I'm the lowest guy. I'm pretty sure I am the lowest guy on Najee Harris. And it's partly because he just hasn't shown to be very efficient. He's good back he's strong, he's physical, he can catch the ball, he pushes people down, he can break tackles. But he's not somebody that you can be like, oh yeah, he'll make a guy miss. Oh yeah, he he can explode through that hole and get a bunch of extra yards. He's not that guy. And Jalen Warren is closer to that than Najee Harris is. And you can make the excuse about the leg. Or the foot. You can make the foot excuse for Najee Harris. He wasn't that good as rookie. Or you can make the excuse of the offensive line in this situation. I've made both of those excuses. However, it gets to a point where he is not really a highly efficient running back. And if they start to get fed up with that, or at least say, all right, Jalen Warren, you know, maybe it's just because he's getting low volume. But when he does get the volume that we give him, he's very efficient. So we don't necessarily have to give Jalen Warren a big workload. I'm not saying Jalen Warren's going to beat out Najee Harris, but he's a great sleeper in the 10th round because one, if something happens to Najee, he's going to take everything. There's not somebody who's he's going to fight with for volume. And the offense is going to be way better than last year. And he could have somewhat of a carved out role for him, even if Najee stays healthy, if they start saying, man, Jalen Warren gives us something that Najee doesn't. So We'll see what happens there, but I mean, that's if you're a zero RB guy, that's somebody you should be looking at. Romeo Dubs at 11.08. If you believe in the guy, he's worth a shot here. He's the king of offseason hype the last two years. His rookie year in the offseason, oh my gosh, Romeo Dobbs. Oh, he's so good. And then this past offseason, or this offseason that's coming to a close, same thing. And except we actually saw him drawing a lot of targets in the preseason, a good amount of the targets. The problem here for, for Romeo Dubs for me, or Dobbs, is that there's a lot of young, talented guys in this room. You've got Luke Musgrave, you've got Jaden Reed, you've got Christian Watson, you've got Romeo Dobbs, and you've got two solid backs in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Jordan Love, even if he's amazing, is only going to have so much to produce for all of these different guys. So if you are a Romeo Dobbs guy, if you think 
he could be the number one target, then take a shot on him because he's got a good price tag. He's kind of one that I'm a little bit indifferent on. If I find people taking the other guys that I like in this range, like who we just talked about, Jalen Warren, Nico Collins, Sky Moore, maybe I'll pivot to Romeo Dobbs, but I usually find myself taking the next guy, which is Tank Bigsby. And 12.06 is his ADP, so pretty much right, right around there, within a round of Romeo Dobbs. He is a more reliable runner than Travis Etienne. He's got good vision. He's bigger. He's stronger. He likely takes the red zone carries. He's probably going to start slow in the beginning of the season, but he's probably going to ramp up as the season progresses, which is what we care about. That's what's going to win you a league is catching somebody on the up and up in the playoffs, not catching somebody who's hot in the beginning and then trails off. So Tank Bigsby, and a lot of you see this with rookie wide receivers, but sometimes rookie running backs too, if they start in a crowded room, um, like you know, Alvin Kamara did when he was a rookie, stuff like that. They start to pick up. Nick Chubb, he did it too as a rookie. He was, you know, getting dropped when he, in his rookie year, and then he became a beast down the stretch and won championships for people. Tank Bigsby could possibly do that, not to that degree, because ETN's not going to be replaced or taken off the field. However, Bigsby will take a lot of work off his plate, which is part of the reason why I'm so low on ETN. And you look at the Jaguars' offense, it's good. They're going to be in the red zone a lot. It's got going to bring a lot of good opportunities for Tank Bigsby. Then we've got Chig Okonkwo at 12.08. For me, there are so many easy routes to success for him. So many easy routes to success. Traylon Burks is already hurt, and he was hurt last year. He could get hurt again and miss time. DeAndre Hopkins is in the late stages of his career. He could go down or regress. Derrick Henry, same thing as Hopkins. He's in the late stage of his career. He could go down or regret or regress. They could also start passing more. Their offense could be better than expected, and he could get a high touchdown count. He's also really explosive. There's a lot of things. If Burks, Hopkins, Henry, something happens to any of those three guys, Chig is going to be getting a lot more volume, and you're going to see a lot of opportunity go his way so there's a lot of ways to success for chig right now if everybody stays healthy and that situation stays perfect and nobody regresses or anything like that then he won't be worth it but he's a 12th round pick barely he's almost a 13th round pick and i'm gonna take a shot on seeing what he can do and seeing what happens to the other weapons around him dj chark is another good guy for me at 12 11 this is the other wide receiver room with a lot of ambiguity and it's the panthers obviously. DJ Chark, Adam Thielen, Jonathan Mingo, Terrace Marshall. Honestly, any of those guys are a good shot. If you're looking for somebody consistent, somebody that you could just plug and play when you need them, but not really looking for somebody to win you a league or bring a lot of upside, Adam Thielen's your guy. Take a shot on him late. DJ Chark, 12-11. If you're kind of looking for a mix of that, like you're still getting some veteran prowess, but also some potential to be the best wide receiver in the room and actually produce something for you in fantasy that could you know win you a week here and there then dj chark is is a good guy for you to take at 12 11 and really all the wide receivers i mean in carolina and houston it's just a call your shot basis i explained why nico collins was my guy in houston he's bring something different to the table my guy in carolina is not actually dj chark i just like to split it up half my leagues i take terrace marshall or sorry One-third of my leagues, I take Terrace Marshall. One-third, I take DJ Chark. One-third, I take Jonathan Mingo. Thielen is just not the guy for me because I get my consistent guys at a much uh, higher tier in like a Juju Smith-Schuster who is going to be Adam Thielen but 
five points per game more than Adam Thielen or four points per game more than Adam Thielen. And he barely missed the cut. Juju is no longer in the 10th round. He's in the ninth round. That's why he was in my my guys and not in this. But DJ Shark is another good good shot. Dalton Kincaid at 13.03. He's got a shot to join the group of a few, very few good rookie tight ends in fantasy football. And he's in position to do so because he could be the number two in this offense in terms of targets or the number three. And it's a high-flying offense. Josh Allen, we love him. We love what he does for the guys he's throwing the ball to. He gives them a lot of shots, takes chances, which is nice. Sometimes it's interceptions for the team, but it's nice for the guys he's throwing the ball to for fantasy, just like uh, Jameis was. Now, I'm not comparing them. Don't think I'm comparing them. I'm just putting context to that, that comment. That's all. And he had really good usage with the starters. He was only used with the starters in the preseason, which was promising. And he's a very good prospect. He did have a couple receptions. Well, I know he had one. I don't know if he had two. But I know he had at least a, one reception. And it looked pretty good. You know, he looks comfortable out there. So, Don Kincaid, I'm excited to see what he does this year. And if he can kind of be what they're saying, which is an offensive weapon, not just a tight end. And see if he can kind of help break this mold that the rookie tight end stigma has um, hardened over the years of, you know, hey, they're not doing anything, we're not drafting them. But maybe Kincaid can change that. Jonathan Mingo at 13A already explained it. You know, ditto DJ Shark, pretty much. He's just a little bit later. And he's a rookie, so he has the unknown. He could be completely garbage, which we know DJ Shark's not garbage, but he could also be way better than DJ Shark because we know what Shark is for the most part now. Kenny Pickett at 13A as well. Him and Mingo go on top of each other. Kenny Pickett, he was very high. For me, in my rankings, he still is QB 16. I was very high on him during the offseason. He looked great in the preseason. People are starting to catch up, but he's still a great value. This Pittsburgh offense has always been good. It's been very good for fantasy for so many years. It had a little downturn past couple years. It's going to pick back up. You've got George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Pat Fryermuth, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, an offensive line with three new starters on it. Kenny Pickett's getting better. Looks great. Like, there are so many things that are just pointing up for this offense, and I want to take a part of it, and I'm taking part of it by taking Kenny Pickett or Deontay Johnson where I can get him. Um, and like I said, sometimes Jalen Warren. But mainly, mainly, it's Deontay Johnson and Kenny Pickett for me. Nice little late QB wide receiver stack that you can grab. Kendra Miller, he's going in the 14th round or later. And Roshan Johnson also going in the 14th round or later. Ken Kendra Miller, he is dealing with some hamstring injuries, which might take some time and hurt him a little bit. But he could take over the role down the stretch. And he could be one of those guys that, hey, something either happens to Kamara or... And, and I don't want to just say that every time we're talking about a running back because... You know, you might get tired of it and be like, dude, any running back could be good if the person goes down. What I'm trying to say by that is Ken J. Miller has the combination of the work he would get if Kamara goes down and the talent to actually produce good numbers with it and to hold on to the job. So Ken J. Miller, for me, I might be a year early on it for redraft, but he's going in the 14th round, so I don't really care. It's a, it's a shot in the dark. You take him, you stash him on your bench if you can. If you have to drop him, it's not the end of the world. But you're drafting him knowing that you're probably going to stash him for a little bit. So just try to be patient with him. Because he could be one of those guys, just like Alvin Kamara when Alvin Kamara was a rookie. Three guys on the depth chart at the position. Kamara dealt with Adrian Peterson and Mark Ingram. Kamara took over after, I think it was week four, and finished inside the top five running backs. Kendra Miller... 
if Kamara hype is not warranted and he's not as good and fresh and crisp as as they're saying he looks and is all kind of just talk, then Kendra Miller could do the Alvin Kamara to Alvin Kamara, which would be pretty cool. Um, And if not, it's fine because, you know, Kendra Miller is going to be taking over that backfield next year. Roshan Johnson is the other one. He could beat out the other running backs for the number one spot. He's got similar draft capital in terms of what they invested to Khalil Herbert, his running mate. And he was invested in by this staff. That's the difference. This coaching staff drafted Roshan. They didn't draft Khalil Herbert. And something that they have said and verbalized is that they emphasize good pass protection from the running back position. And Roshan Johnson is the best one at that on this roster. He's way better than Khalil Herbert. He's also a better receiver than Khalil Herbert, in my opinion. He's also more likely to be a red zone thumper because of his strength and size. So Roshan's got a lot going for him. I like him a lot. Him and Kendra were my running backs four and five in the rookie class. And I their, their landing spots were good for dynasty purposes, not that great for redraft, but that's why they're going so late. And hey, you want to take those shots on these young talented running backs that's where you take shots at in a redraft young talented running backs that's what you want late because those are the guys that can come out of nowhere with their talent and take over a room so that's why i like roshan as well michael wilson also going all these all the rest of the guys we're going to talk about are the 14th round or later so you're you're pretty much can get any of these guys that you want a lot of them are going undrafted michael wilson he could be the team's number two wide receiver i talked about him agnosium already He is somebody I really like. He was a problem in college. However, his problem in college was that he didn't stay healthy. um, And he never strung together a full season. That's why he was drafted in the third round. If he was healthy, he could have been a first-round pick. If he was healthy through his whole collegiate career and produced what I think he would have produced, he could have been a first-round pick. And that wasn't the case. But if his injury luck changes, if his injury history or injury uh, worries just go away or they fix, which we've seen happen to people in the past. You know, Travis Kelsey was one of those guys that was labeled just, he's always injured. He's never going to do anything. And then he hasn't been injured in like eight years and has played every game in like eight years in a row. So things can change. And if that changes for Michael Wilson, he could be a beast. Think of early Michael Thomas. That is what I could see happening with Michael Wilson. There's a lot of similarities. Their their physical traits are similar. Their testing traits are similar. The way they play is similar. Good route runners, good hands, know how to use their body to block out defenders. Like I like Michael Wilson a lot. And I think he could be the number two target for the Cardinals. I wouldn't be surprised if he beats out Rondell Moore. And once again, just like Nico Collins, he brings something new to the wide receiver room. Think about the guys they have, right? They've got Rondell Moore. Short speedy, shifty. Marquise Brown, smaller, speedy, shifty. Greg Dortch, tiny, kind of speedy, kind of shifty. Or he's definitely shifty, but kind of speedy. Michael Wilson, strong, big. That's the difference. So he is going to be on the field a lot because he's going to bring them something that they don't have anywhere else. He's the only wide receiver they have like that that's worth his salt. 14, Deuce Vaughn, Duswan is a running back that looks really good. Yeah, he's really small, but when has that hurt a running back? I can't really even think of a time that being small hurts a running back unless it's like they're lightweight, but he is, Duswan's not a lightweight. He's he's good. He's got some size to him. 
He's strong. He's built. And he's very shifty. has very good vision. It's very hard for the defense to see because of how short he is. And I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up getting 12 touches a game and Dallas is trying to run the ball and he's getting some touchdowns here and there and producing, you know, some games of 12, like the, the days he gets touchdowns, 12, 13, 14 points. And then when he's not getting touchdowns, he could still give you, you know, like a 40, 50 yard game here and there, a reception or two and 40, 50 yards. Now, obviously, that's not always going to happen. He's going to have plenty of dud games, but we're talking about sleepers here. And Deuce Vaughn is somebody that is talented, young, has a very good connection in the room with his dad being part of the coaching staff, and somebody that, you know, just looked good in the preseason. So for me, Deuce Vaughn is another good one. Puka Nakua, he's big, strong, a possession guy from a small school. Does that sound familiar in this team? A strong possession guy? From a small school. Now he might not be the route runner that Cooper Cup is, but he does have some nice traits to work with. And just like Michael Wilson, he could be the number two in this offense. Van Jefferson is in front of him. Big deal. Big deal. What has Van Jefferson done? I'm sorry, Porkman. I'm sorry. But what has Van Jefferson done to make us think that that can hinder somebody new coming in and producing, especially while Cooper Cup is hurt? But I've had him as a sleeper. Even thinking Cooper Cup's going to be fully healthy because I wouldn't be surprised if Puka becomes the number two and Van Jefferson gets relegated to a deep threat, third wide receiver type of role. So Puka is somebody that I like a lot. See what he does. He's a good wide receiver. He's a rookie. Carries the unknown that we like. So that's another sleeper for you. Sam Howell, we've got three more guys. Sam Howell, he's got sneaky rushing upside. He looks pretty good. Has some great weapons. Better offensive mind in the room, hopefully. Preseason is promising, showing that maybe that is the case. And you guys know I've been higher on Sam Howell than everybody else for a while, too. And now people are starting to catch up on him. People have caught up to on Sam Howell to the point where like they pretty much break even. They're ranking pretty much rivals mine now. But still somebody that I like a lot. Just keep in mind, he does have a really bad schedule, though. So you're going to want him as kind of your third quarterback that you're playing when he has good matchups. He's going to have a lot of bad ones. Terrace Marshall, he's my shot. He's the one I'm taking the most often. So, yeah, it's like I try to do like every draft switch which Carolina receiver I'm taking outside of Thielen because I don't take him. But if you're giving me one time, one chance, one opportunity, everything you ever wanted, I'm taking Terrace Marshall out of the three because he was a wide receiver who was good in college with Joe Burrow behind Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, was still able to produce really good numbers. And, you know, maybe it was just because he was receiving no coverage. Uh, you know, he wasn't getting coverage. He was the third. He was an afterthought on the offense. And they just weren't worried about him at all. And that was the only reason. But I've seen flashes. He's just struggled to stay healthy and to get opportunities. Well, he's got a great chance to get opportunity in a wide open wide receiver room. And he's young. You know, <sighs> I'm excited. I'm excited to see what Terrace Marshall can bring this year to the table. Honestly, this year, I think there's more intriguing sleepers than the past few years. I just find myself so excited. Maybe it's just because I got back into projections, but I find myself so excited to watch what all these guys are going to be able to do. I'm so excited to see Michael Wilson, so excited to see Puka Nakua, to see Sam Howell, to see Pickett, to Terrace Marshall. Like, 
I want to see these guys, and this is my shot in the Carolina room. He's going undrafted, so Terrace Marshall's a great guy to grab and stash if you got a deep bench. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he's going to be the last one for me. He had a role last year that was flex viable. You could put him in your flex last year until until he got injured. Then once he got injured, McKinnon took all the touchdowns. McKinnon, I think, had nine touchdowns on the season, which is crazy. That's a huge fluke. Touchdowns in general are a fluke. If some go Clyde's way, all of a sudden, oh, okay, okay, we're working with something, and we might have a good flex player. So, you know, he's somebody that I like buying in Dynasty because I don't think he's going to be with the Chiefs in the future, and I think a team is going to properly use him and pay him to use him as a receiver. But for this year, and this, you know, 18th round, your last pick of drafts, like, come on, guys, why not take a shot? But that's it. That's the sleepers. Hope you guys enjoyed it. It was a quick one. Um, just had to get those names out there so you guys know who to be looking at in the end of your draft. Thank you guys for listening. Drop rating, drop review. Good luck in your drafts. Hit me up. If you want me to ev- evaluate your team and you know tell you where you did good, where you could have done better, what kind of trades I think you could work out, stuff like that, hit me up on t- Twitter, X, whatever, at DeepDiveFF or Instagram, DeepDiveFantasyFootball. Hit me up on either of those and I'll get to you when I can. If you're part of us, uh, part of our crew at Dynasty Rewind and you're on our Patreon, first off, thank you for the support. Second off, um, you could DM me on the Discord and I'll answer you there. And that's actually going to be faster than any social media sites because I actually get my notifications from Discord. The social media stuff I won't see until I get into the app. But thank you guys for listening. Like I said, drop rating, drop review. Good luck this season. Football is back. Let's have some fun, baby. Peace.